0: Good morning. I've enjoyed service so far. I think there's just enough to close and go home. Amen. Powerful Bible study, and worship music. Amen. I think you were having glitches because the Lord really wanted you to play this song. <laughs> I was telling my wife this week that I've been singing this song the whole of this week. I don't know why. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe God, maybe God, God, God was privy to our conversations. Like, let me mess this guy's song up. <laughs> Amen. I just find that so funny. But uh, what a blessing. Amen. It's good. Thank God. Amen. I believe we are in autumn now from the look of things, the way it's raining. And it's 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 amazing. Anyway, go with me to the book of Acts, chapter 10. I nearly said, whilst you are opening, let's pray. But I remember I, I, I can't do two things at a time. I can't chew gum and walk at the same time. I have to either do one. Amen. So I just remembered my limitation. I don't know if you. All right. If, you are, if you've if you opened it, then let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning as we come before your word. We pray that your word will minister to us in simplicity and in prayer to your speech. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm sure most of you may have heard me preach this before. Amen. But um, it's it's worth repeating. That's the work of a pastor. A pastor has to emphasize truth. And sometimes to emphasize truth means you have to repeat the doctrine over and over. Amen. Acts chapter 10 verse 1. Next week is our Friends and Family Day service. So I just want to preach a message that I believe inspired by God to, excuse me, get us in the mood to prepare for that. On our church calendar, every September, Friends and Family Month, we take time to pray for our friends and family. We pray for their welfare. We pray for every aspect of their lives. But most especially where we are more concerned is the salvation. Because to pray for their welfare they do well, soulishly speaking. They do well, bodily speaking. And they don't do well, spiritually speaking. Uh they stand to amount to zero. Because Jesus says, what will you gain? Or what will it profit you if you gain the whole world? You live in the luscious zip code in America. And they said that the most expensive zip code in America is in New Jersey. And surprising. Well, you live in the most expensive zip code in the United States. You have it all, but you don't have Christ. Well, what will prophet profit, a man, if you gain the whole world? Amen. So uh, with that in mind, let's really be very concerned about the salvation of our friends and family. Amen. When we When we witness to our friends and family, then now it's easier for us to take the gospel to others. Amen. That's why it has to start with people you know. Then now you become more familiar to now when the unknown. Acts 10 verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Colenius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiments, a devout man, one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon Ethana, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a defiled soldier from among them who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. Amen. Interesting scripture. Cornelius was not a Christian. Cornelius was a religious man. Not a Christian. When we read the subsequent verses, we will see on record his conversion. This was a religious man who just loved God. He feared God. He believed in God. And there are people among us like that. God also has a heart for them. You know, there's one thing that you have to understand. You can't end the good graces of God. You just can't. Because look at his description. He's a devout man, very devoted, who fears God with all his household. There are some some Christian men, they can't even... Let their household fear God. There's a religious man. If you are under the roof of Cornelius, you have to serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And there are some Christian men. They can't even control their whole house to serve God. And yet they say they are Christians. This is a religious man. And he gave alms generously. He was a giver. He gave and prayed to God always. But he was not a believer. So in being devout, it's not the same as receiving Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. You know, devout here is used in the context of devout to the things of God. Devout also means devotion or devoted. You can be devoted to the things of God. It doesn't mean you are a Christian. This man was devoted. He feared God. You can fear God. It doesn't mean you are a Christian. Maybe for all you know, Cornelius feared God because he understood that God is a God of wrath. He visits the iniquity of the fathers upon the thousands and thousands of generations. Maybe that's why he feared God. So fearing God is not the same as receiving Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. Giving alms generously is not the same as receiving Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. We have to understand that. You can be very charitable indeed. It doesn't mean that you're a Christian. I remember once upon a time I read about a celebrity who gave the largest donation in the Make-A-Wish Foundation. It's the largest in history. $10 million dollars. It's good, but it's not the same as being a Christian. So you can give $10 million to make a wage foundation, which is a very, very good thing. But if you are not a Christian, it still doesn't end good graces with God. You see, making your whole house to fear God and subscribe to your beliefs, doesn't mean you're a Christian. So Cornelius was a very good man. If you look at Cornelius, he was a very good man. But God sees so to it that he was in need of salvation. Everybody needs salvation. Everybody needs to be saved. And if we call ourselves Christian, we should carry this passion of the gospel. But sometimes we say we are Christians, but we don't have this passion. Many Christians, we have what I will call misplaced passion. Passion to be blessed. Passion for our enemies to die. Passion for God to take all our boxes. But we don't have passion for the lost. Or even in our mind, we will say, oh, he's good with God. But he's not good with God. He gives. He fears God. He's devoted, yet he's in need of salvation. And that's what I love about God. God will never let his mercy run short to where you think it should run short to. Because when you look at Cornelius, what will make you think he deserves salvation? What will make you think he has to receive Christ as his Lord and personal Savior? That he needed God. And I find it interesting that a religious man took time to pray. And I believe that he had that will because it was the Father that put it in him. No one can do anything except God reveals it to him. So he prayed. And then when we read the first eight verses, we don't know what prayers he prayed. All that we know is that he received a visitation from an angel of the Lord. And whenever an angel of the Lord comes, an angel of the Lord is a messenger. An angel cannot come to you until he has a message from God. Biblically, that is one of the essence of angels. Angels will never come on earth without having a message from God. So Whenever you see an angel it's a sure sign that he must have a message from God. Sometimes they will give it to you literally in words, sometimes to to be in the form of a symbol. But an angel came, and an angel said that your prayers and your arms have become a memorial before God. You see, many Christians, we always think that it's always prayer that moves the hand of God. But giving also moves the hand of God. That's why when it comes to your offering time, take it as serious as your prayer life because that also moves God. Amen. Now, what did Cornelius pray about? We can find out in the subsequent verses. Acts chapter 10, verse 24. And the following day, they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them. So in between this space, Peter had a vision, and Peter was a Jew. And Jewish people, they have very strict dietary requirements. They don't eat certain foods. Some foods are prohibited. They believe that when they eat certain foods, they have become desecrated. It affects their sanctification. They they see prohibition as part of worship to God. So Peter, who is a Jew, who doesn't eat certain foods, other vision. And then the foods that he is strictly prohibited from due to his nationality and of course his worship under the Old Covenant or under the Old Testament was made manifest to him. And then the Lord said he should eat. And he said I won't eat. And then the Lord said I, for, I, for, for uh, uh, Peter said I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And then the Lord appeared to him in a voice and said, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. And the Bible lets us know this happened three times. So whilst Peter was wondering to himself, the people that Cornelius sent to go to Joppa, they came and they fetched for Peter. And they gave Peter the news that Cornelius, who is a man of God, or who is a religious man, is sending for you. And they gave everything. And Peter decided to follow them along to go and meet Cornelius. So now verse 24, we read. And the following day, they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them. And how Cornelius did. He had called together his relatives and close friends. Cornelius called his family and friends. He was in expectation of Peter's visit, Peter's arrival, and he did not become selfish. He called his family, relatives, and friends. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted them up saying, stand up, I myself, I am also a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many, many who had come together. So Cornelius made sure that he gathered a lot of people. And the many are the company of his family and friends. He gathered many. And they said to him, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company or go to another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked them, for what reason have you sent for me? So now listen to Cornelius. So Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your arms are remembered in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, eternal by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. So I sent to you immediately, and you've done well to come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all the things God commanded you by God. So in verses 1 to 8, the angel said, Your prayers and your arms have come up as a memorial before God. Now Cornelius is narrating, what he was praying for. He was praying for salvation. Because I believe Cornelius came to even realize that being a devoted man is not enough. Being religious or having some religious belief is not enough. Giving arms is not enough. I need to come to a place where I have a personal relationship with this God. Cornelius realized that. He fasted and he prayed. And why did he call his friends and family? Because he was praying that I don't just want to be the only person who will experience salvation. If salvation should come, it should come for me, my family, and my friends. And that is why when he heard that Peter was coming, With eagerness and expectancy, he called his family and friends because he really wanted to hear the things that God had commanded Peter to say. And then when you read verse 34, Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. If you read other versions, it has the popular phrase, God is not a respecter of persons. God is not a respecter of persons. It doesn't matter where you come from. In the case of Peter, he was looking at non-Jewish people who were not part of the covenant of God. God still included them in the plan of salvation. God is not a respecter of persons. God does not care whether you are a religious man. Do you have a relationship with me? God is not a respecter of persons. God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't care how checkered your past is. God is not a respecter of persons. God is not a respecter of persons. Everybody deserves salvation. Everybody merits God's grace. Please, as you hear this message this morning, hear the heart cry of God. The heart cry of God is that he doesn't want anybody to perish and he is prepared to go at any extent possible that one will be saved. But in every nation, verse 35, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. So now from verse 36 to verse 42, is Peter's sermon. Peter preached to Cornelius and his household. He talked about Christ. He knowing Christ from experience, knowing him by revelation, who Christ is. He talked about his death. He talked about when we are now receiving and you believe in his name, you receive the remission of sins, the forgiveness of sins. Cornelius did every good thing, but deep down he wasn't satisfied. He knew there was more to being religious, more to being generous, more to being just a good person and being admired by society. He knew there was more to it. But thanks be to God that when he prayed, God answered his prayer. God wants everybody to experience salvation. So now verse 44, whilst Peter was still preaching, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Hallelujah. Cornelius, his family, and his friends experienced the power of the Holy Spirit and those of the circumcision. So Peter went with a group of people That's why they are called those of the circumcision, because they were Jews. They identified themselves by circumcision because circumcision was a sign that Abraham had a covenant with God that in blessing, I will bless you and that you will be a father of many nations. So it was something big. It it was a covenantal right. Today, circumcision is more biology and scientific. But in those days, Circumcision was a covenantal rite. They were astonished because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they had them speak with tongues and magnify God. Not only did Cornelius, his family, and his friends experienced salvation, which comes with the remission of sins, the forgiveness of sins, they also experienced salvation the gift of the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in tongues that very same day. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. So look at a powerful thing that happened to them. They received salvation. They received the gift of the Holy Spirit. They spoke in tongues and they were water baptized the same day. God heard Cornelius' prayers. I get so encouraged reading this because God listens to every prayer. Cornelius was not a Christian. He was a religious man. Yet he saw the need to fast and pray for four days for the salvation of himself, his family, and his friends. And God met his prayer request. I just want you to understand this morning the heart of God. God doesn't just want only us to be saved. He wants us, our friends, our family, every stranger to be saved. Because God is not a respecter of persons. Our friends and family month will end on 30th. And then Sunday, 1st October is our Friends and Family Day service. Hear the word of the Lord being spoken to you this morning. What are you going to do? Who is your friend? Who is your family member? Are they saved? When the role is called up yonder and they meet with Christ, Would they have a seat with him? We should start to think more about these things. Because sometimes we think about, oh, let me give them an inheritance. It's good to give an inheritance. I believe in giving an inheritance. We will say, oh, let's give them a life insurance. It's good to give them a life insurance. I believe in life insurance. Oh, let me give them savings with a large sum of money. It's good to do that. Every responsible parent or responsible person has to do that. I believe in doing that. And all these things I do. Let me leave an estate. Let me leave a will. Very important. But you can do all these things. What about the salvation of your soul? In addition to all those things that we are supposed to do, what about the salvation of your soul? Are we going to become a Cornelius? Please, I want you to spend these next few days before 1st October just to prayerfully consider a friend, family member who needs Christ. For some of you, you may see somebody like a Cornelius, but he still needs Christ. He is religious. He gives money. He fears God. He even shares in your religious beliefs. He even likes the Bible. He likes discussions of the Bible. All these things doesn't suffice having a personal relationship with God. One needs to come to a place where they will have a personal relationship with God. So today, Cornelius has done his. He's gone. It's recorded in the annals of the book. It's our turn now. What are we gonna do? We have come to the knowledge of Christ's lights. What are we gonna do? Are we gonna share the gospel or are we going to hoard it selfishly? And watch whilst our friends and our family members head down the road of eternal destruction. This is God's command to us this morning. I don't believe today I have a sermon. I believe today I have a command from God. We should include our friends and family. Let us go all out. Inconvenience yourself just a little bit. Just to see your friend, your family member experience the gifts of the remission of sins so that they too can be in the fold of Christ. Father, your word has been delivered. May we be obedient. May we not discard and throw away this word. May we be obedient. May we think of souls. May we think of our friends. May we think of our family members and father, just as you heard Cornelius' prayer requests, hear ours. Your scripture lets us know that when we take time to pray for our friends and our family members concerning their salvation, you hear, O oh Lord, let our prayers come before you like Cornelius's came before you. Let it be answered in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.